0: Welcome to season two, episode four. Love love
1: what
0: do we do first?
1: We, to episode, we, we gotta then. crack them. Crack the claws, y'all.
0: Cheers, crack girl.
1: Cheers. Yeah. So, this episode today um, was a really interesting episode. Yeah. And we definitely learned a
0: lot. We learned a lot. So, if you can't tell from the title, we are talking about loving somebody who's incarcerated and had the chance to interview this incredible woman, Haley. Yes. Um, Rain has known her for years mm-hmm. and her husband's in prison.
1: Her husband is in prison and it's a fucking fucked up story. And I'm so grateful that she came on to share it with us because um, statistics say that half of Americans know or have somebody that they love that's incarcerated, mm-hmm. um, or has been incarcerated. So it definitely affects so many fucking people, but we don't hear anybody really talking about it that much. Mm-hmm. No. And she's like literally the first person that I've seen, like on her Instagram, share pictures of her husband and their family, you know, on, you know, in prison or, you know, their, their visits and stuff. And so I just felt like that was just like amazing. Yeah. Because um, there ain't no shame in it. And that is what we're trying to do, especially with this episode, is take away that shame. Because for some reason, it gets attached um to the person who loves somebody yeah. that's incarcerated.
0: Exactly. And it's totally, a, like, there, but for the grace of God, go I kind of thing. Like, almost everyone I know has done something illegal mm-hmm. at some point in their life. Yeah like just a you know range of things totally. and you know was lucky not to get caught mm-hmm. and i what i really appreciated about haley's interview is she just honed, like honed right in on the humanity of incarcerated people mm-hmm. and the humanity of their loved ones and it's sad that that even has that we even have to like say like these are human beings but we live in a fucked up prison state Yeah. and i just i think she did such a beautiful job showing the human side of the story yeah. and um doing so without unnecessary shame that she doesn't have to carry her like she shouldn't have to carry her hold right right yeah. yeah because
1: um she shared with us you know the lack of humanity mm-hmm. that the prison system gives to um people that are either guilty or not guilty. I don't fucking know. Even before they're even convicted, yeah. it's all a fucking, it's horrible. It's shitty. The system sucks. We need to find a better way. We need to start talking about this shit. So people become more aware of what is actually going on. It's not fucking orange is the new black. It's like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's intense. You know? Yeah. Um, so we hope you enjoy this episode. We hope you get something from it. If you know somebody or love somebody that's incarcerated, um, I hope, we hope this helps you. Um, and Haley, just much love to you and your family. Yes. Haley, Uh, Thank you so much for sharing with us today. And here's Haley. Here's Haley.
2: Hi Haley. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yes. I'm very excited to be here.
0: (laughs) We're so excited to have you on. Um, Especially because this topic, like having a loved one who's incarcerated, is something that, um, you know, we both think is pretty misunderstood mm-hmm. and and this is an experience that's not talked about very much. So we're really yeah. uh,
2: excited to get into your story today. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. I'm excited to share it. I'm excited to kind of make a more clear picture of what it's like to have a loved one incarcerated or if, you know, if you've been incarcerated, how, how that feels, you know, cause it's not talked about and it's sad. Yeah. It's, it's sad. It's yes, definitely, it's
1: sad. And you know what I was looking at, uh, up the statistics before we um, re- started recording today and it said like almost half of Americans have had a loved one incarcerated at some point in their life.
3: Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.
2: nobody talks about it. And part of that reason is because it's, it's almost like you carry a shame, you know, or, you know, it, it, it's a stigma, you know, it's like, oh, well, where's, where's so-and-so. And all of a sudden you have to like figure out how to talk about it. And then if you're comfortable talking about it, it's almost like, okay, well, what's, what's the other person going to think about this? If I let them know that, you know, my loved one is locked up, mm-hmm. you know, it's You know, what kind of judgment am I going to get from this, this person? So it's like, you almost have to like, like feel your way around, you know, certain people because you don't know what type of reaction you're going to get. You know, I've, I've had to lie to people. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I can start with that. I mean, I've had to lie to my own grandmother for, for a long time. It was probably nine months before I actually told her the truth Mm -hmm. about, you know, my loved one being locked up. Mm-hmm. Um, we always lied to her and said that he was working, you know, at family events. Mm-hmm. Um, so because you just never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And some people are so judgmental yeah. um, or they make you feel like shameful for being in this situation, even though you're not the one incarcerated, you know? Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's different. It's hard to navigate sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Oh, so do you want to share with us um, where this all started, how this all began, and how you mm-hmm. met your loved one, or however you want to start, wherever you want to start your story?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. I'll give you the short version. So Albert and I met back in 2017. Um, I was going through, like, I want to say it was a midlife crisis, but we'll say a quarter life crisis. <laughs> <laughs> I um, met him out and about, and he was mutual friends with one of my friends, and we just kind of clicked, and the rest kind kind of came history. We, you know, started dating. I got pregnant really quick uh, with my son. Um, Six months after that, we got married, and yes, it was very, very, it was very very quick. yeah. <laughs> so we were married for about a year and I want to say four months or so. And he kind of got wrapped up in some things that he shouldn't be wrapped up into. Mm-hmm. I want to say wrong place, wrong time. You hear that a lot. And a lot of that is very, very true. Mm-hmm. Um, he just got in trouble and mixed around with the wrong type of people and got you know blamed for things that he didn't necessarily do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he got taken away and the day after he went in for the first time, I had to go sit in on his court date and I was devastated because I didn't know what was going on. Um, I knew he had gotten in, he'd been taken away, but I didn't know what for. Um, so going and sitting in court and waiting for his turn to go up and him stand in front of the judge and then read off. You know, his charges was devastating and, you know, and then, you know, meeting with his, you know, lawyer, which was a public defender, you know, then we all know how public defenders are. They don't really care about the outcome. They just want to get paid and, you know, get it over with essentially. And so he, you know, briefly told me what was going on and what was going to happen and, and that was pretty much it and i couldn't talk to my husband i couldn't i couldn't do anything the system is just so wild I, and i never i never really understood or i guess i was really naive to the point that like i i didn't realize all the crap that goes on behind you know, like what yeah. we see. You know, yeah, we see what's in the movies, I, or yeah, or yeah or like, we see what's in the yeah. It's very clear and, clear, and you know what? It is just not. It is not. You know, it's so. The system just beats people down, um, especially, especially when you have a prior record, or if you're a certain race, yes. or. I don't. I. It's just. I don't know. It blew my mind. I started doing a bunch of research and. I came to realize that we weren't going to get out of this. So yeah. um, well, here we are. Here we are now. And he finally got sentenced literally a year later and got taken to prison. Shit. And God. yeah, yeah. So.
1: Were you pregnant? I, so I had already,
2: already had, had your son. I already had my son. Uh-huh. He, when he went in for the first time, he was, Charlie was about to turn one. Uh-huh. So. He wasn't even one before he, my husband got taken in,
1: so. So we got to meet Charlie.
2: Yeah. He, was there- he was there for birth. He was there for almost a year of his life. So he got to experience, you know, that that part. Yeah. But he's missed out on a lot of, you know, other, you know, opportunities to um, see his son grow, mm-hmm. um, which is super sad because we don't, especially you know, during the pandemic, right. we don't get to visit. So and that's really, that's really hard. Um, mm-hmm. There was no one, there was no one on his team, like trying to fight for him and he would have lost. Mm-hmm. Um, what I learned was that public defenders work really closely with, you know, prosecutors. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. essentially just want to get the conviction. They don't care. They, they get money off of getting that conviction. The jails get money off of getting that conviction. So they don't care. Yeah. You know? So.
1: And it's fucking shitty because it's like mostly men of color that get like this fucking treatment. You know, it's not, It. <laughs> it's yeah. not fair. You know, the system is so fucked in that way.
2: Yeah. It is so messed up. And I mean, and I'll, and I'll just tell you guys, I mean, my husband is Hispanic mm-hmm. Um, and he has a prior record when he was 17 he got into some trouble and then he got out and he was doing really well and then he got wrapped up in this kind of stuff and they take one look at your priors and they're like all right well you're done so we're just gonna send you off and you're just gonna deal with it mm-hmm. yeah. so it's just like they don't take a look at like oh well he's established a family right. he has a job he's you know, doing this, this and that, you know, he's, he is doing well. He just was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't care. They just want their conviction and they want to just go on about their business and they want to get it over and done with.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like the parts of the system all kind of collude with, the, with each other, like you're saying, and there's, it, this is what something I think about with just the fact that like district attorneys are elected. So it's a political position and there's, um, motivation to show like X number of convictions, X number of closed cases that really seems to get in the way of actual justice for a lot of people.
2: Right. And that's why so many, so many people that don't or shouldn't be sitting are sitting in prison for no reason. And, and it's partly because of, you know, their race. They have priors. They don't have money for a good lawyer. It, it's so many things. And it's just like, they, they look at everything. And, and if you're lower class, you know, they look at that too. You can't, you can't win. Yeah, You just, can't yeah.
0: Win. yeah. It's really rigged toward who has money, power, privilege, all of it.
2: God, it, and you've and seen it. You've seen it, you know, in, in you know, cases like um, the Turner case. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he had money. Yes, Turner, yeah, yes. Turner, he had, his family had money. He got away with raping a girl. And he actually and did he the actually act. He
1: actually did
2: it. He got caught, like, caught in, like, he actually in the act, did it. right? But, no, he got caught in the act. And I think he sat in, in protective custody for six months and that was it.
0: They're really just in like the carceral system. We have like people who are considered by society, like throwaway people, quotation marks and people who, Oh, are so this would ruin this young man's life. And it's just so fucked that we really have two, two systems depending on who you are.
2: Right. Two systems. Exactly. I couldn't have said it any better. It's just completely opposite of, you know, the system I've experienced or the system my husband has experienced. You know, you, you see so many instances of these wealthy people getting off because they have me. And I mean, Brock Turner is just yeah. a minute, you know, part of it, you know, and, and that's, what's so frustrating. Um, I.
0: I was kind of, I was kind of wondering if, if you could share with our listeners what it's been like for your family through COVID, because so many of us who don't have a a loved one who's incarcerated, you know, we like to like, bitch and complain about like, oh, like my favorite bar is closed or, you know, like the way it's, it's impacted everybody's life significantly. It's all relative. Okay. But I'm just, but, but I think that incarcerated people are a very forgotten yeah. um, group of people in the pandemic and the impact has been really hard in prisons and I just was wondering if you could share what it's been like for your family and like the on top of just dealing with the pandemic like everyone else has had to you also have to deal with a pandemic in which your husband is in prison
1: you're cut off from each yeah. other. Like more so than you already are. Than everybody else.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. You've probably seen it all over the news. There's, there was outbreaks in the prisons and then they'd have to go on lockdown. So when they locked down, we literally would have no communication because he couldn't come out to call. He, you know, they have these tablets. If you purchase these tablets that you can message on, but Mm. they're so crappy that they don't always work. So you'll get the message like Mm. five days later and you're like, oh, well. So I mean they'd be on lockdown for days um and would only be able to come out you know to literally shower and then you'd have to go right back in so it's just like first off that's inhumane because these guys are in these cells for 23 hours yeah. and and that's it they're not getting any anything um and so that's been really hard for my husband's mental mental state and then when we are able to communicate it's hard on me because I'm just like, I, I don't know how to help you. I can't, I can't help you. So it's just like, it's, it's been hard because, you know, I've been here. I've, you know, have been having to hold down the fort, essentially. I'm the one that's, you know, been having to literally get up every day and go to work. I have to figure out where my son is going for childcare. And at this mm-hmm. point, you know, when COVID first hit, you know, a lot of the childcare is shut down. So I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? Like, I still have to work. I still have to figure out how to, you know, make ends meet. Um, it's only me. And I feel like sometimes I, I almost resent Albert because he's gone. He left us here and I'm I'm stuck here trying to figure it out on my own. I'm raising my son on my own. Um, And I, and I essentially, I didn't sign up for that. (laughs) You know, I didn't sign up for that. However, then I kind of reel it back in, you know, to reality. And I'm just like, it's, it's not anyone's fault. You know, it's, he has to do his time. Um, He, he chose to take a deal so that he could come home sooner rather than face trial and get way more time than he was given. If he would have went to trial and he would have lost, he would have got 30, 30 plus years, 30 plus years. Because he took a deal, yeah. he only had to do three, three years. So he had no choice. So it's so, so hard. And it's just like you you hear about prisons and their programs are supposed to help inmates and them do better or have all these, you know, different programs or whatever. And they're not really offered. Albert hasn't been offered any type of program, um, any type of work program for him, nothing at all. And it's just like, he, he gets to see his counselor every so often to discuss like, you know, what it's going to be like when he comes home or what he has to do to be able to come home but it's been like very few and far between. So it's just, it's crap. It's crap They say that they have all these resources and they don't, they don't have any resources. It's just like, you wonder why you get so many repeat offenders is because they're not set up to come home and succeed. You literally have to, I can use this for an example, drug dealers, they go in on drug charges. They are expected to then, go out. They have to complete certain courses when they get home. So they have to go report to a PO, a a parole officer, and then they're given a list of things that they have to do. And you have to pay for these things. Well, if you have a, a background, jobs don't necessarily take you very often. They, it's so hard for people who have been locked up to get jobs. So then you have these drug dealers who are trying to pay for these courses to get out of the mess that they're in so that they can stay out of jail and they can't. So what do they result to? They result to going back and selling drugs and then they're back in the same place that they, they started. So it's just like, they don't, they don't help you. You have to pay for everything. And if you don't have a job, how are you paying for this? If you, if you don't have a family that's going to help you, you know, and, and a lot of these guys don't and women, women don't either. And so here we are, you know. That's when so many people go it's back such in. Just
0: set up, yeah, and then it just builds and builds. Um, when I was in grad school, I interned at a intensive outpatient clinic for um, drugs and alcohol, and almost all of our clients were uh, like nobody was self referred. Everyone was there basically because they were on probation, um, and I saw exactly what you're describing. You know, like this is like, and all of my clients like fundamentally were good people that got caught up in some difficult situations for a variety of reasons, got caught up in systems for a variety of reasons. And it is just like a snake eating its tail. (laughs) Like it's just a, it's just a cycle that so many people get trapped in and it's, it's really
2: sad. It's so sad. And it's just like you would think that if your if your system put in place, why wouldn't you give people the mm-hmm. tools to succeed and not mm-hmm. go back in? Like have them learn their lesson the first time and then get out and then mm-hmm. succeed in life. Yeah. And then they're done. You know, and then teach the next person that lesson. You know, and send yeah, them on their it's way. It's a fucking business.
3: Like, why business. do you?
0: It is profit. Profit. It is. Yeah, and I think that needs to they be.
2: They profit yeah. so much off uh, of people yeah. going to prison, and that's exactly that's exactly right. I mean, it, they make mm. so much money; it's disgusting. I um, every every quarter, the the guys get like food boxes. Because they get, you know, pretty crappy food, and then the, they're, you know, treated to these food boxes. Of course, they cost money, and you're only allotted like a certain, you know, weight amount that you can give them. But this is like Dollar Tree stuff that you're purchasing for mm-hmm. these inmates, and they rack up the prices so much. I'm, I'm not even joking. I can spend. I think the most I've spent is two hundred and fifty dollars on like twenty oh items. God not to mention when you have to put money on for the phones. That goes quick.
0: Yeah. How much is a minute? I know it's really, really expensive,
2: but. I don't know. I think, I don't know what it is a minute, but every week I put $20 on and it will last us probably until Mm -hmm. Thursday. And then I have to reload. Um,
1: Can you share with us, your experience, um, you know, you started a little bit in the beginning talking about your friends or your family members, um, and how you've had to kind of navigate, um, you know, through different friendships or if you lost people or, you know, kind of, um, or lost friendships. I mean, um, along the way, um, how has that been for you having a loved one, you know, incarcerated in prison?
2: Well, I've kind of talked a little bit about my grandmother. She's, you know, very, very judgmental Mm -hmm. so everyone knew as as far as like my mom and my sister my brothers and my dad that we were just not gonna say anything because it was just not worth it you know and then I I remember I got got kind of irritated she made she made a comment at a family dinner and I'm just like you know what grandma he's not here because he's locked up and she just kind of like looked at me like just appalled and I'm just like I don't really care and at that point, I didn't care anymore. I was done feeling shame. You know, I because I have I you know on top of my grandmother being very judgmental, I I do have a lot of judgmental friends, and they're like, "Well, why are you staying with him? Like, you you could you can move on. Like, why?" Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, "Yeah, well, it's not that simple." Like, first off, like I know what my husband did. He didn't do. You know, he's in there for something he didn't do, and mm-hmm. I feel like he he doesn't really have a strong support system like on his side. So I had to be that support. You know, if, if anyone was going to support him, it was, it was going to be me. And I can tell you at first, you know, my mom, she was just 100% always there, ready to be supportive. Um, she She was great. She was so supportive in the beginning, and still is. But like, it it was so hard in the beginning. I didn't really. I was just crying all the time. I was a mess. I I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how I was going to get through with, you know, being like a single parent essentially. I I didn't know. I was just devastated. But she was. I'm a mom. I was still super, you know, hormonal on top of it. Like I'm still learning on learning everything about being a mom. Like. It was just super hard. My dad, at first, it it took him it took him some time. Um, I remember we got into a heated conversation, and he was just like, "Well, you know, why would you stay with him if if that's what he did?" I'm just like, "You don't know the full story," um, and I, you know, I'm not going to discuss this with you if this is how it's going to be. Well, he ended up coming around. Um, I think it was after maybe the third or fourth date that Albert had um where there was some evidence that came back that proved that it wasn't him Mm -hmm. um but that's beside the point then my dad was kind of more like on on board with being supportive you know and so my my immediate family has been great Mm -hmm. my sister my sister is just wonderful she um Mm -hmm she just helps so much, you know, and now we're at the point where, you know, my husband will call my mom and talk to her and, you know, mm-hmm. talk to my dad. And cause he doesn't have that, that family type support on his side. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, it's important for him and it's important for me that he feels support for more than just me, because I know how it is. Like I'm just, I'm not just his wife, but I'm his wife. And of course I'm going to be there, but it's important that he feels support elsewhere as well. You know, um, well,
1: um, how have you coped like personally yeah. throughout this whole thing? What have you done to to help yourself or, you know, that you think would help others um, get through, you know, similar experience?
2: I can say at first, like I said, it was really, really hard. I, I had my moments where I just broke down and I'm not, I'm not the crier. Like I don't cry in front of people. I normally just bottle it in, and then when I'm by myself, I just let it all out. Um, mm-hmm. And that that happened for probably about a year and a half, and then this last year or so, I've I've felt I felt stronger um, mm-hmm. because I'm doing it by myself. Like I I'm I've figured it out. Like there there are moments, like I said, where I resent you know my husband because he. Got into trouble and he went away and I'm here trying to figure it out. And he isn't here with his family. But then there's there's other times where I'm just like I'm a badass bitch. Like I can do this. Yes, you are. I'm doing it. Like I'm making it work. Like I I'm doing it. I get up every single day. I make sure my son's taken care of. We have a roof over our head. Like everything is just, we're golden. But I can say that there are moments where i still like i struggle sometimes cuz it's lonely but i i guess any like advice i would give to someone is just hang on just hang on and find things that are going to make you happy cuz you have to keep going life life doesn't stop it does not stop and you just have to find things that make you happy and you just have to keep going you know that's all you can do and just know that You know, obviously my situation is a lot better than some others, you know, Albert got three years, you know, that's, that's Mm -hmm. very small compared to some people whose loved ones are away for 10 years, 15, 20, you know, I'm I'm in a group with um, some wives that are, have their, you know, loved ones away.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask.
2: And it's, pretty, it's been really great. Like, I don't know any of these people personally, but they've it's been a good resource. You know, um, some of these women, uh, their husbands have been away for 20 years and they're still together. And I'm just like, wow. and I sit here and think and I'm like, could I do that? Could I sit here for 20 years and wait for my man to come home? I just... It's amazing, and some of these women are just so strong. And you're like, but then you also see, you know, it's kind of fun because it's kind of like drama sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Other people's
2: mess. Other people's <laughs> mess. I'm just like, okay, not <laughs> my just read yeah. these comments. But <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, some of these women go through really hard times. I mean, there's, <laughs> you know, men out there that will put themselves on dating sites. And they get multiple girlfriends while they're in prison so that they're very well taken care of. I mean, that's a thing. Wow. That is yeah. that is a thing. I always tell my husband, I'm like, if I ever see your ass on one of those websites, <laughs> sir, I tell you what.
1: <laughs> you better be sending me some of that better, money. That person, I'm like, <laughs> just that's fine.
2: But you better be sending it <laughs> home because you know, let's set ourselves up, okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's like, I've never do that. Cause uh, that's just crazy. And yeah. I, I remember going to um, visiting one time and um, my husband was like giving me all the gossip. He likes the gossip. Uh, he's Giving me all this tea with all the other like guys in there. And he's like, that girl over there, that girl he met online. And I'm just like, oh, okay. He's like, he, but he's married. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I catch your ass doing that. You're cut off. <laughs> and he's just like, oh. It's just interesting. He's like, I just like to know everyone's business. And I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's all you have to do in there is to just know everyone's business. Know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's just so boring. So boring. Like, day to day. Like, there's so much gl- – like, Hollywood, TV, whatever, but like, it's just gotta be so boring on both sides, you know, just waiting. Yes.
2: I mean, I can kind of add to like how I've, you know, been or during this time. And it's just like, I'm very to myself now. Like I don't, I mean, COVID of course, so you can't really do much, but like, we're home all the time. Like other than work and you know my son going to daycare, like we don't really do much, and it's just like I'm okay with that. But also, like mm-hmm. it's I I would rather have my partner out so that I can be out and about with them. You know, it's it's weird. It's just weird doing things on your own. I'm not saying I can't do things on your own, and you shouldn't do things on your own because you should. It's very healthy yeah. to do that. But it's just,
0: uh, well, clearly you
2: can't. Yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> no but you got married you know for a reason and you're yeah. in a very early relationship with somebody yeah. you know you mm-hmm. haven't known each other for very long um outside of this whole situation exactly. yeah. you know I mean you've been in this situation longer than you guys were together before exactly right? yeah
2: and I mean we were talking about this too it's like we'll be married for four years in August and by the time he went in I mean, and by the time he gets out, we would be married more time that he was in than he, he's been out. So it's just it's kind of a weird concept because it's just like, wow, I only know you. I know you as, you know, prison Albert and not really my husband outside Albert. You know, it's it's so interesting mm-hmm. and it's just wild. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. so wild. Sometimes I just sit here and I think about it and I'm just like, wow, I'm just mind blown just mind-blown at the, again, the system and how it works and how it's, you know, eat you up and then spit you out. And you're just supposed to be normal. And, getting, right. and you're like,
1: we're good people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're good people. And that's
2: another thing. It's just like going into visiting and, you know, the people who are working the prison just look at you like you're just garbage. They They just look at you like you're trash. And I'm just like, I am a good person. Like I work a nine to five job. I pay my bills and pay my taxes. Like I am a good girl. I don't do anything bad. And my husband is a good person too. And you just, you're looking at me like I'm scum of the earth because I'm here visiting my husband. It's weird. Yeah.
1: And it's so crazy that you have to even go there, you You know, to to prove yourself to somebody like, you know what I mean? Even if you weren't a good person, or even whatever, whatever defines a good person, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, it's yeah. just, you feel like this, uh, unworthiness or like, I could only imagine, cause I have a loved one that's in jail right now and showing up to his court date, you could just see the way people look at you and you're just like, you don't even know who the fuck I am. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I could save your life. You know <laughs> I always
1: go there. <laughs> yeah,
2: seriously. Yes. Like, if you're going to treat me like that, then I'm not going to let you know that I can save your life. But
0: even if you're I mean, yes. you're still a human being. Exactly. Like
2: that's the that's the thing. Yeah. Like yeah. It's just so crazy. You are you are treated like nothing uh, um, because you're supporting somebody who's incarcerated and and then I just can't even imagine because I'm—I've never been on that side. But you know, knowing you know, that my husband's in there on that side and how they're treated by, you know, the people who work there, it's just awful. They, you know, you're in there, so they just think, well, you're in here, you're terrible, you're garbage, whatever. So, well, I can just from your story,
1: um, or just the way you're navigating your way through it and your journey through it and your attitude about it. I mean, I think. You know, it's just very, very, it takes a lot of strength, you know. Um,
2: Thank you. Because
1: trying to raise a child throughout this whole thing, having things play out the way they did. When you got married, you had no idea this was going to fucking happen. Um, In the early beginning stages of your marriage, like, what the fuck? Like, your whole life just exploded, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And to see you come out on the other end, you know, of it and you guys, you know, you have another year, but you're like, oh, it's not that much, but it's like, it's still a lot. Every day is a lot. You know what I mean? One day seems like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, But just, you know, I think it's very inspiring, you know, to, you know, somebody does have a loved one in the same situation, you know, that, um, you know, changing your maybe your perspective or your attitude towards it. Um, That there's not, unfortunately, you know, you just have to do your time and, you know, take care of yourself in the meantime, grow your own life, focus on your life and taking care of yourself and, you know, your relationships. Um, And and you're not necessarily waiting, per se, to start your life, you know, until he comes back, um, comes home, like you are, you're living your life, you know, you're doing, you're doing you. And I think that's amazing. It's
0: really just incredible. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think a lot of people wouldn't be able to do what you're doing.
2: Yeah. I'm trying, you guys, I'm trying. And and I just think that it's so important if somebody is going through this, that they just know that mm-hmm. they're not alone and that sure. it will come to an end eventually, you know, obviously that, you know definitely depends on what you know the person's in there for but you know there is a light at the end of the tunnel you know and like I said before like you just have to keep pushing because your life doesn't stop because your loved one is locked up you know and you know my husband always says is that he's not the only one doing the time you're doing the time too as an I'm doing the time and it's true mm-hmm. I I feel like I definitely am doing this time but also mm-hmm. I have to keep going <laughs> I can't just sit at a standstill and, you know, be sad every day, you know, that, what is that showing my son, you know, it's just like we try to just make things as normal as possible. And when we're, when we have our video visits, you know, it's super light and, you know, we joke around and, you know, so it's very, you know, it's very, it's mm-hmm. good. It's, mm-hmm. it's super good. And I think Charlie understands, like, he knows his dad is in jail. He's three. I mean and he's so smart and he I mean he tells people he's like, my dad's in jail, you know and like goes on about his business and it's just like, you know what I don't want him to feel like he can't you know his truth or um you know keep things or lie about things like I don't want him to do that. I, I just never want him to feel like afraid mm-hmm. to be able to speak his truth. I want to, be able to speak the truth and that's kind of where I got to the point where I'm just like, I don't care. I'm gonna share my story like, mm-hmm. Yeah. My husband is locked up. Do you want to know more? I'll tell you, like, if you want to ask me on a personal level, I am happy to share. Like I don't care. Obviously I post pictures all the time of, you know, our video visits or, or whatever, but I just don't want my son to ever feel like he can't be truthful about our family situation because it's not, it's not, I'm not ashamed of it.
1: I, I love that. I, I love that, too, because yeah. you shouldn't because it is for half of America. I, know, you know, I was going to say normal how normal fucking some people have like the normal circumstances, you know, and there's nothing wrong and you did nothing wrong. You know, you're doing nothing wrong by being with somebody or having, you know, a marriage to, you, you from what you guys are making it the healthiest that you can possibly have. You know, like it's everybody has their own situation. But in general, like. I wish more people would share if they know somebody in prison or in jail, you know, because it's so fucking common.
2: Yeah. So common. Yeah. It is so common and it's not anything to be ashamed of. It's really not, you know, and I think honestly, if more people talked about their situations, it would help yeah. so many other people yeah. who are doing it's this stigma, right? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The stigma about hiring people that are just, you know, felons or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like, God, I hate. Yeah, it's crazy. And your story spoke to me the most is because I personally have somebody that I know um, that I love that's in jail right now facing charges that he could be in there for a very long time. And when I found out um, that he was arrested, it just fucking broke my heart. And I like. It, like, consumed me. Like, I just couldn't imagine being in a jail cell. I couldn't imagine him being in a jail cell. And I felt like I could not be um, happy or I couldn't be joyful or anything knowing that he was suffering in there. And I, it was really, so, I mean, this is, this is just my own experience. And so I can only imagine what you had to go through with your husband. Because this is, you know, not my partner, but somebody that I love. And it came to a point where, uh, I think my therapist was just like, no matter how much you suffer, it's not going to take away his suffering. You know what I mean? And he wouldn't want you, he wouldn't want you being there with him. You know, he would want you to be living your life, you know? And I'm just like, oh my God. So, I mean, at some point I did snap out of it. Like, but shit. Yeah. You feel guilty, you know?
2: You feel so guilty because you can't, you can't, you can't take it away they they really have to sit there and i mean it just goes back to they they're often treated very yeah. inhumanely you know how do you how do you make someone sit in a cell for 23 hours a day yeah
1: he had to do that too and it's so i just was like oh my god it's how do you even survive like what are you
2: doing in there <laughs> and you can you haven't been outside once Yes, exactly. They don't know it. They just think that it's what TV shows. Uh, and, and what TV shows is very glamorized. It's just like, oh, okay, yeah, prison's not so bad. Like, sure. Like, I could do it. No, no, my husband, when he was in county, and he was in county for a year. Yeah, didn't see outside for a year. Didn't get to. Go outside. Yeah. Yeah,
1: they don't do that until they get to go to prison, right? Until they actually have a little bit more freedom to like touch you know hug their loved ones not be behind the glass they can go outside in the yard you know what i mean but in jail where they'll keep them for a very long time until they're convicted you
2: know. which you know they're they're offered you know the right to a speedy trial and that's often not the case yeah. i mean a lot of these guys will sit in county jail for years, for years.
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Years. not even convicted yeah. I think
0: that's something I'm really important for people to understand. Like this is the case for your loved one. And it sounds like it was the case for your husband that they're in their pre conviction yeah, in a cell yeah. for 23 hours a day. Like people really don't get that. I don't think yeah, it's, not, don't it's mean, even once feels. convicted, nobody should be in a cage totally. like that, yeah. but pre conviction, <laughs> like I, I just I, think
2: that's mind-boggling. Uh-huh. Like that's some bullshit. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: exactly. exactly. It's it's just wild. So you're like, I'm sitting here innocent and and possibly didn't even do anything to be in here, and I'm sitting in a cell for 23 hours. Yeah. Yeah. What? I don't get to see outside. Really. Really. I don't get to do. Yeah. It takes a lot of. Mental and that's mental why. To
1: get through exactly.
2: That and that's why a lot of these guys come out fucked up. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just so many stories of, you know, people who have gone and done their time for things that they haven't done. Uh, one example is Kalief Browder. I mean, he was, he was in prison and he was a minor. Um, and he got out finally after doing years and he was innocent. This was for stealing a backpack and he didn't even steal the backpack. And he ended up committing suicide because he was so fucked up because, he was, you know, treated so poorly. First off, they kind of the system just brushed him to the side, um, and I mean, and he was in solitary confinement for months, months. So I mean, you think of that, and your mind stops developing. Yeah. You know, and you're fucked. Yeah. You're so fucked. It's and it's so sad. Like it's inhumane. Mm-hmm. You know it's just terrible. Yeah. Oh. Haley,
0: is there anything else that you want to really make sure that people listening understand about what this is really like?
2: I just want to express that it's not what it looks like. <laughs> you know, prison is scary. Having a loved you know one go to prison and the whole process before they go to prison it's hard it's super hard it's not easy and you you know you you hear these people who are like well our tax dollars are paying for that they're taking care of they have a roof over their head they're getting fed it doesn't make it any less hard for these people yeah. you know yeah, That's like the, um, base, like the very, minimum. Yeah. very <laughs> minimum yeah and not even only that but it's just you know i want people to understand that not everyone who goes to prison is bad. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, a lot of people do things, dumb things, yeah. but that doesn't make them a bad person. Um, yeah. They're just caught up mm-hmm. in the moment. And, and a lot of these people can come out and succeed and do good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just knowing that if you are going through this, if you have a loved one um, who is incarcerated, that you're not alone. Um, there are, you know, groups out there that you can find. Um, With people who are in similar situations that will help you through this, mm-hmm. um, even if it's just a talk, yeah. um, I've found that super helpful. Or just learning the prison system, not really understanding on how things work. Um, I was able to get onto one of these groups and ask, you know, questions, and you know, everyone's super helpful. Um, I didn't you know; I was super scared. I didn't know how visiting worked and what to expect, and I got on there, my little question, and everyone was super helpful. Um, you're not alone. Um, and there are resources out there for you as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank, you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I, yeah. I just really appreciate you coming on today and, and sharing something that is a lot of people don't fucking want to talk about or admit to or, you know, and just trying to just, you know, bit by bit, just trying to take away that fucking shame and stigma behind loving somebody um, that is incarcerated and there's and feeling that there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with yeah with loving somebody that's it
2: i think that's also you know super important that i want people to know that there is nothing wrong with having a family member a loved one right. a friend whatever who who's up like don't be ashamed of that and don't be ashamed to tell your story if you're supporting that person who cares who freaking cares and if if it person you're telling to is is being judgmental, then, you know, fuck them. You know, you don't, you don't need them in your life. And I've had to learn that too, that you don't, and also you don't owe, you don't owe anyone, any, anything, you know, this is your life, but
1: this is your life and this is your husband's life, your child's life. And you're just, you know, maintaining that focus on your family um, is where it's at, you know? And I love seeing that strength of your family, you know,
2: because, Thank
1: you. you definitely too. tear it apart.
2: You know, we've definitely seen that. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so, it too. And, you know, it's, it's important just to keep holding on. If you want exactly. to keep, you know, on, but you got to fight for yeah. it.
1: We're talking to the ones that, you know, want to hold on, want to be with that person. Exactly. You know what I mean? There, of course, yeah. there's a, other, a lot of horrible things that people do. Sure. That there's a whole, a other, whole other segment, thing, <laughs> but it's a whole <laughs> different thing. Yeah. But you, if you love somebody, yeah. it's all relative, you know. It's all hopeless. Nobody Absolutely. wants to see their loved one in in prison, you know.
2: No. Yeah. That they love. No. Yeah. 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 So
1: you're a very strong woman, Haley.
2: <laughs> thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. I like it. Good. Good. I'm glad.
1: Good. I love hearing that. <laughs> uh, well,
0: well, thank you yes. so much. I feel like you just have given us a lot to think about. Um I've learned a lot and I just want to echo what Reyna said, like really admire the way that you've approached this. I'm so excited for you like a year from now, you know, I can't wait to (laughs) um, get to hear through you or through Reyna what it's like. I'm sure there's so much you're looking forward to and you know, this is so fucking shitty, but you guys do have, like a whole life that gets to happen after this. And, you know, I just, I think it's really amazing that you fight, you have fought for the person you love, you know, like you fight, you clearly fight for what you love. And that is a really amazing thing.
2: Yes, I agree. And it's, it really is a short amount of time if you really think about it. And I, I'm just so grateful for that because I mean, by the time he comes home, Charlie will be four and, that's, that's still so much of his like, oh, totally. of life. Yes. you know, yeah. so the stuff that he's missed out on is very small. Yeah. You know, he'll get to be there for so much more. And that's just that's so cool to me mm-hmm. and not only that, but our lives and how we're going to move forward and our future, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's super exciting to think about it. And, and I think that's what keeps it, keeps us going, yeah. you know, is the, just knowing that it's so short. You know, and it feels like it's been a long time, but there are days that it seemed like, okay, this month went really fast. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's short, and we can do this. You, can you know, do we'll it. get. You there. are
1: doing it. Yeah. So hang in there, as you say.
0: <laughs> well, we're cheerleading for you. Yes. Um, sure,
1: you, Charlie and Albert. Yes.
0: <laughs> well. <laughs> Yes. So cute. All right. Well, um, thanks everyone for joining us for listening to Haley's story. Mm -hmm. Do you love someone who's incarcerated? Let us know. Um, have, is this something you've been wanting to have space to talk about? Like join the, join us in the conversation. Um, Haley has been courageous in showing us that there is no shame in talking about it. And so, if this is you, just know, like, we're here. We talk about it. We
1: fucking talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Haley.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, a good night. <laughs>